Hey guys, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jayla. We would like to welcome you to the Sustaining Life podcast. A lot of people have questions about the situations they face and the struggles that come with them. There are those who think the Bible does not provide modern day solutions to our crazy lives. There are those who think the Bible isn't relevant to this day and age. Anxiety, depression, hurt, bitterness, and suffering. The Bible really does have answers and hope for all of these things. Let's Let's dive dive in. in. Hey guys, and welcome back to Sustaining Life Podcast. We're so thankful that you joined us today. We have a couple of special guests on our, uh, on our session today. We have Kevin Hunter and Colin Cressman, and I'll just let them introduce themselves a little bit to you. Hi, everybody. Um, glad to be back here again. It's Kevin Hunter. I, um, life's been going well lately. Just been uh, working out more than I have been, so um, that's been good. Um, so... Um, Work's been going good. It's good to see Brendan and to have Cullen here and to be able to dive into our topic today. And yeah. I'm uh, Cullen Cressman. I'm a teacher at Urshan College and been there for a few years now. Um, got my uh, graduate degree from uh, UGST and am now in a doctoral program. So that's kind of my uh, background history. And uh, was asked to join you today and looking forward to it. I love uh, talking about anything that has to do with the word of God. So happy to be here. Happy to have the conversation. And old friends uh, is also a good connection too. So happy to be here. Old Urshan connections here for (laughs) both of you. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're excited about our topic today. Uh, we're going to do a, not a super, super deep conversation, but we're going to see where it goes. We're going to talk about why theology, the importance of it, the pros and cons of it, and kind of see where it goes, see, see who it can bless today. And uh, before we do that, Colin, you, uh, you started a podcast recently about theology. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. I, yes. Um, I was pressured by some of my students, um, a, a good pressure, and uh, I decided that I needed to just probably a podcast would be the best format for what I, I typically do in classes. So sure. we have a, a variety of different types of classes, but uh, one of those that I get to teach are uh, Bible focused. And one of the best ways to learn is just to go through. And I've learned more and more. Um, our society is becoming, uh, you know, I used to read it in textbooks, used to read about it and things, but now that I'm, I'm teaching and I, I, uh, see students in class, our society is more and more post-Christian and, uh, yeah. just knowing the Bible, just general, uh, pieces of the Bible is, uh, more and more difficult to find in, in a teenager. And so really my podcast is called Breaking Theology and, the idea behind that is that everything we do is our theology. It breaks out of us. Uh, but then also sometimes we have to intentionally break down our theology when we encounter the word of God. So we just go through the Bible uh, book by book. We just got done with James. We'll, we'll be done with James. I've got one episode left on James and then we'll be moving on. So. Awesome. awesome. And for you, those out there that didn't hear them, it's called Breaking Theology. Uh, it's on Spotify, if I'm correct, right? It's on, on Spotify and Apple. Spotify and Apple. So check that out, Breaking Theology by Colin Cressman. And that's what we want to talk a little bit about today. Uh, I'm happy you brought up the young, younger generation, too, about the post-Christian world. 
and you'll even people I work with, for example, uh, people my age, even uh, if we get a conversation about the Bible or God, it's it's fascinating and sometimes it's kind of saddening when you talk about things in the Bible. Things that are to us are pretty common, and they're pretty simple. They're pretty like okay, we learned about this years ago, and it's it's pretty uh, unfamiliar to them. They're like, what is that? Never heard of that. And uh, what a blessing it is to know about the Word of God, you know. So well, why don't you talk a little bit about why theology? Why, why is theology important in our life? Well, uh, similar to some things you just said, uh, a lot of times I'll be having conversations with people. And uh, throughout uh, all topics, you, you know, there's some people that are uh, really knowledgeable and then those that they just kind of have an idea uh, about a topic, you know, so it could be like comic books. You start talking about comic books and you can find out the people who are just the Marvel movie fans or yeah. the people that are actually the comic book fans, you know, you can tell by their conversation, things like that. And one of the things that I found interesting about theology and why it's important is because even though we're in a post-Christian world, and we need to explain our faith. One of the reasons we need to explain our faith is because the Bible is still one of those items where like they have to have an informed opinion on it. And so right. uh, to explain that a little bit, you can talk, you can talk to an atheist and they're going to uh, tell you uh, about the Bible. You can talk to somebody who's agnostic. They're going to tell you about the Bible. You can talk to somebody who's been going to church for 50 years. They're going to tell you what they know about the Bible. Or if you talk to somebody who's never, they've genuinely never considered it at all. Because it's the Bible, as soon as you bring it up, they feel like they have to explain something. So there's all of these pieces, a spectrum all over. And uh, knowing the background, so theology is not just a, a classroom exercise, but uh, knowing what you believe, the history behind what you believe, and how to explain that. That's the most important part to me, is not just saying what you've heard another person say, saying what you've seen on a YouTube video, saying what you've seen uh, or heard on a podcast or different things like that, but actually being able to know uh, what you believe and explain it to somebody else really differentiates the, the true fans from the, um, the people who have just watched the, the Marvel movies, you know, yeah. to go back to that example. And the reason we need to be true fans is because we're supposed to be witnesses. And so just having a, a light understanding of the Bible is, is not going to be able uh, to have a, a thorough conversation that you can disciple somebody. And, uh, you know, differences between us and comic book fans is that we have a call from God to make everybody a fan. So theology matters in that sense. Good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, uh, I remember a time when I was, I don't know how old I, I want to say maybe 13 or something like that, maybe 13 or 14. And I was hanging out with one of my buddies and we were, we were church friends and we went to church and grew up together in church. And we were both kind of troublemakers a bit too. And uh, we had a friend over who was not from church. He didn't go to church. He believed in God. And uh, he was asking all sorts of questions. 
uh, about our beliefs and why we believe this and what we thought about this. And we answered them, answered them. Things were going really good. And finally, he asked a question and I couldn't answer the question. Yeah. I looked at my friend. He's like, I can't answer that question. And we went back and forth. Like, I can't answer the question. We opened the book. We opened this book. What's going on? What's going on? We, we looked it up. We Googled. We, we went everywhere because it was so important to answer this question because it was part of our, part of our belief, part of our fundamental belief as Christians and what we believe to, to, to do to be saved. And it was incredibly disheartening, but also humbling at age 13, age 14, saying, okay, I believe this, but I don't know how to explain it to somebody. I don't know how to teach someone why this is important. And at 13 or 14, I was like, you know what? If I can't explain why I believe this, how in the world can I expect anyone ever to pursue this or desire it? And if I can't explain it to somebody, then they can't know it. They can't understand it or experience it. And, uh, you know, I believe that we all have experiences like that where we can point to and say, that's when I really need, I really realized I needed to have a deeper depth of understanding. It's like when, um, it's like when the people at school or work, they ask you, Hey, why do you go to church? Or why do you wear a dress? Why do you do this? And then they say, well, my parents go to church. My parents take me there. And it's like, no, it has to be, like you said, it's, it's as we birthed in our life so we can be true witnesses to people. Um, Kevin, I saw that you had kind of a, a couple of thoughts on, on theology and you had, I think you wanted to mention something about young people in, in college age, I, I believe you. Yeah. When you told me that Creston was going to be on, I was like, man, I don't care what's going on in my life. I need to be on this episode. Um, because it's a passion. I get to teach our hyphen class every Wednesday, um, along with my pastor's wife and she's a phenomenal teacher. So I just, you know, um, getting to be in that environment and you know, what am I? 34 you never feel like you're old, but you get older, right? So I don't feel like that, like that you know, too far out of that generation, even though, even though we, I am, but. Um, Every year I become older and older and I don't know why. Yeah, it's not fair. You're teaching, right? The freshmen always stay 18, but you get older, right? Yeah. Um, so, but no, I, I, I think about it for two things, Colin. I, I think about the fact that on one end, you know, you grew up um, in an, you know, well, let me just say, when I grew up, I watched what they said, like between 18 and 30, like 75% walk away. I watched like 90 in my youth group walk away and, you know, over time. And, you know, then they go from that to side down with UGST for a little bit. And now you're in an environment full of people that this is what they want to do. And that's a huge, it's a difference. And, and you know, I, I guess I kind of wonder as you grew up, what you kind of witnessed firsthand compared to now you're teaching a subsection of young people who they're like, hey, we're okay with wanting to know more about God and just kind of like, you know, if I put two questions in one, it, it, it's one, what are some of the things you, you think have led to some people who walked away, you know, over time and how much have had to do with biblical literacy or theology and, and understanding it compared to those who you see saying, I want to know more, two different ends of the spectrum there. Great questions, actually. Um, the, 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 area that I, I usually am trying to, to figure out myself on a regular basis. And like you said, um, the environment I'm in, uh, I get to observe a group of students, but um, to put it in perspective, we have um, everybody that comes to Urshan College, they don't just come for Christian ministry, but that's one of our degrees. And that's the, the program that I teach in. So all the students that I uh, encounter in a classroom, they are all there for ministry training. So not just 
uh, a student that, you know, we have uh, organizational leadership, mm-hmm. human services, things like that. But when they come to my classes, uh, they're there because they want to do something within ministry. So those students I've even found within uh, that group is uh, two things. The, the reasons why even some of them, so some of them will uh, already come, they're already, uh, they, they have a pretty good understanding of the Bible, but that's where I would say point one, it's been interesting observing a group of students coming to school, college age. They're hungry for the word of God because they're there to be trained to be ministers. That's what they're there for. That's what they want to do. But still it's evidence of our, our society and even within uh, how difficult it is within our society for youth pastors and people to teach teenagers because they still come to school uh, not fully understanding some of the basics. Um, I have I'm many students that I, I teach and uh, I, I just make it a part of my class. They have to read through the New Testament. When I teach them the New Testament, they have to read through the New Testament because at least half of them have never done that before. Right. And so even though they love the Bible, wow. they, they lo- love their, their, that they go to church, they feel they have a call of God on their life. Um, the whole Bible is still very foreign to them. And so that's, you know, they, even at where I'm able to be there and they all want to be ministers, there's still some things that they're yeah. catching up on their, you know, their, their knowledge and their passion are on two different levels and they're trying to bring those together. The other thing I've noticed uh, in conversations with students that are struggling or that uh, even people that I I grew up with and are falling away, things like that is, um, and this is another passion of mine is not just the conversation of theology, not just talking about the Bible, uh, but also this will sound kind of funny. I have spent my, uh, my career building, building my career in a doctoral program. And my focus is biblical interpretation. So I'm getting a doctorate in biblical interpretation mm-hmm. so that I can tell people you don't need a doctorate to understand the Bible. That's awesome. My entire uh, life pursuit, my passion is to tell people with authority. I've, I've got the degree. I can tell you, you know, I, I can tell you it does not take a degree to understand the Bible. And sometimes we do that with expertise. Uh, we'll make people feel like they can't understand the Bible because, uh, you know, well, I went to UGST, so I can, I can read the Bible. You yeah. might not be able to read the Bible as well as me. Or the second thing is sometimes we uh, will make it oh, in in ways that we question someone's commitment or spiritual uh, ability. And we say, well, I can read the Bible because God revealed this to me. Mm. And then somebody, they'll be picking up the Bible and they're reading it and they're like, well, God doesn't talk to me. So I guess this isn't for me. You know, so I can't understand this, which means God's not talking to me through it. So I'm just going to forsake it. Those are conversations I've heard from students where, you know, they feel like the Bible is so, foreign so difficult and so because of that they never touch it they they feel like it has to be explained to them and so i spend a lot of time of just trying to explain that 
there's a lot of tips and tricks you can learn, but at the end of the day, uh, it's stories. The Bible is full of stories. A lot of times we focus on Paul, uh, where he's got a lot of, you know, point for point. He's got some, some things like that, but the majority of the Bible is all just stories. We teach them in Sunday school. We do things like that. And, you know, you don't have to have a degree to read a story. You don't have to have a degree to, to sit down and read the story and just ask God, you know, what's the, what's the principle that you're, you're wanting me to take from this story and apply to my life and to live it out. And that's where I, I do see that. And I'm always wondering that Kevin of, okay, what are the reasons people aren't uh, pursuing the Bible or what are the reasons where they give up on it? Yeah. And I think that we've, simultaneously made the bible like such a high calling yeah you got you got to be a professional to do it and i don't think that i don't think that helps the the idea is it's for everybody can't be an expert to be saved and then the other part is it's an ongoing thing is you're never going to have one moment where you say yep i know the bible you're going to read the bible the rest of your life just going to keep on consuming it when you say it and you like how we you make us like expert level, I remember when I was younger and I don't know if it happened to you, Brendan, but I, I know, or even you, Colin, that uh, it was, you know, the Holy Book. And so here I am as a teenager, young teen, and thinking, man, this book is full of perfect people because I learned about it in Sunday school. I grew up as a bus kid, went, you know, went to Sunday school and, you know, which is a little bit different than growing up in church. And so to me, my understanding was, hey, this book is full of perfect people and my life is really imperfect. That's the thoughts of someone who wasn't actually reading it. And then, you know, when I actually started to reading it, and I'll, I'll just say, I, you know, also I was trying to read it with the King James. And yeah. at 13, that just was not working. <laughs> I tried. I often fell asleep. Over time, it worked by sheer force of will. Um, but um, thank God for the translations. But it, um, at the same time, when I read about people, those stories you speak of, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and realized, wow, these people's lives are really jacked up. They made some really crazy <laughs> choices. And God still walked with them. I have hope. Yeah. And so it sounds like Colin, you're talking about bridging the gap between not only getting people to read the book and okay, or, or the collection of books that make up the book, um, but also beginning to see themselves in it. Yes. So that's the part I, I spend a lot of time. Uh, some, some things that I tell students is uh, really a, a difference for uh, one is Pentecostals. As you talk about our, our Pentecostal experience that we uh, believe in the infilling, the baptism of the spirit that we speak in unknown tongues. Yeah. All of that comes from this idea we have just in our heads. You know, it sounds normal to Pentecostals, but <laughs> it's very different. And this is another reason why theology matters is we, we do approach the Bible in different ways. Different Christian groups do uh, approach the Bible. And I would say, in my experience, the differences is really about how much of the Bible you can live. Okay. So as one of Pentecostals, we believe that the Bible is a livable book. When we read those stories, yes. yeah, when we read those stories, we're, we want to live those stories. It's not just something that happened a long, long time ago. When we read those stories, and that's where the Pentecostal movement came about, you're reading the book of Acts and you're saying, okay, when they were going to Jerusalem, Jesus just shot up into the sky and he told them that they were supposed to wait for the promise. 
And when the promise was there, you got Peter and he says, this is that. This referring to speaking in tongues. Is that referring to Joel's prophecy of the Spirit? And so whenever yes. we read that as Pentecostals, we're like, okay, this is the story. This is what happened. Now I want yeah. to do that. I'm going to live that story. And then from there, it becomes everything. We, we start living in such a manner that you mentioned Abraham, Isaac. I mean, you go back to Moses. As a Pentecostal, we're crazy enough to believe that if I'm ever stuck between a body of water and an army, I'm going to go find a stick real fast and raise it up in the air. <laughs> and I'm going to expect for, for the water to part. That's, that's part of you know, our worldview, how we approach the text, is we, we want to read the Bible, but it becomes alive. We live it. Absolutely. Oh, I love that because I can even speak for myself and, and I have a Bible and the Bible I've had, I've probably had for 14 or 15 years. And it's, it's really become like my best friend. You know, every, every time I open that book, uh, it's, I, it's exciting. You know, you're hungry for it. It's like, you, you can't wait to read what's next. Even if you read it hundred times over, there's something more that God wants to give you every single time. And uh, it's true. You know, you look in the Bible, you look at people and they've had some really, really pretty horrible experiences you know, David, for example, I mean, he had a lot of joy. He, he praised God. He worshiped God. But man, he went through some stuff. He had some misery. Yeah, up and down constantly. And he was just broken, beat up. Like, I, you know, the stuff he went through, you know, you, we wouldn't look at that person today and say he's a Christian. You know, the stuff that he did, we wouldn't look at him and say he's a man of God. He's someone we should follow. We would look at him nowadays, and especially how we are as Christians sometimes, unfortunately, we'd be a little bit judgy about it. But it's so perfect how God puts the Bible together. We can look at those stories and God can say, hey, I, I saved this person. I forgave this person. I washed this sin away. I still use this person that did this and did that and did this. So it should be encouraging that the Bible is a living thing, that so many people experienced things before us and we're not alone in what we follow. We're not alone in what we, what we fall in, you know. And, I, you know, I would like to jump in here and add um, cons. What are some cons of having bad theology? What are some cons of not having a good understanding? Yeah. And how, how can it affect our life? How can it affect even maybe our relationships? Yeah, so um, the, uh, one of the reasons, uh, so you notice with when I talked about my podcast, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, is theology is something that we live out we can observe. That's the good thing about it is yeah. uh, Jesus said, you, you're going to know them by their fruit. Yep. And you can tell, um, and sometimes people take it too far and they judge them by their fruit. Uh, you you yeah. can take it too far and condemn people, that kind of thing. But on just the base level, your theology is observable by how you live. Is if I believe that being filled with the spirit as in the book of Acts is necessary then i'm going to live for that experience yeah so that's a way of just demonstrating of just living but at the same time uh when we encounter the bible so again we're we're reading the stories and we want to live out the things that we see in scripture is when we encounter things that are foreign from us they're different from how we live those are the times where we make those crucial decisions do I give up my habits, my way of living, or uh, do, I, do I keep on doing me? 
Right. Do I keep on living that life? And uh, one of the things that I have found uh, all through my time studying and um, different people that I've gotten to be in classes with and things like that is um, you have to, and this is just a safeguard, you have to do theology. You have to read the Bible in a community. You have to read it in a group. Most of the time, uh, bad theology comes out of one person reading it on their own. And what happens is that you start reconciling, you start reasoning away all of the things that you actually should be working on. Is that's yeah. kind of like the base level is if I'm reading the book by myself and I start getting challenged, I start getting convicted, I'm reading these stories and I, I'm reading about what, uh, what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees. You know, there's a good illustration of bad theology is uh, yeah. how things are being <laughs> taken too far. And, and he's talking to the Pharisees and I'm reading and there's some things I need to change. But if I'm reading by myself, I can be like, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not there, but yes, I should take note of that because I, I have tendencies that I might could lean that way, but you notice I can soften it. If I'm reading yeah. by myself, I can soften it and it kind of takes the sting out. But I can tell you right now, if I'm reading next to my wife or if I'm reading next to <laughs> uh, a good friend that knows yeah. me or something like that, and I, I read something and I try to say a statement like that out loud, you're going to be like, no, that verse is right at you. You need to be working <laughs> on that. Or there's sometimes where, uh, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'll say right now, I'm giving you kind of the long answer. Yeah, but go for it. Go ahead, yeah. that's, that's base one is you need to be doing it. You need to read with other people. Is even just a, a small group of friends, it starts on, on a small level, is you can take one book of the Bible, say you're all going to read uh, the book of Jonah. So say you're all going to read the book of Jonah together just, you know, like a group of three to five friends and just come together on a regular basis and say, okay, what did you think about, you know, chapter one and talk about it. And you'll notice just within that kind of conversation, nothing loaded, nothing set up, anything like that. You just say, what did you think about chapter one? You're going to get differences of opinions, mm -hmm. but the Bible being inspired by God, we know that those opinions at the end of the day, we want to balance each other out. You're going to have uh, diversity. So uh, just like Kevin mentioned a second ago is growing up in church from the perspective of a bus kid is different from somebody who grew up in the church uh, that their parents, they were in church. They came to church from a different avenue. Yes. Okay. So those perspectives are going to be different but they also iron sharpens iron just because perspectives are different. Doesn't mean that one is automatically right or wrong. Usually the two together is when you start talking to each other, that's when you actually get to the heart of the matter is uh, I can have my perspective. You can have your perspective, but when we're talking about scripture, it's typically that we're both giving up our perspectives for the new one that God is leading us to. But that only happens if I have somebody challenging my views. Yep. I have to have somebody that has a different opinion than me. So that's level one. The second thing that happens is people start getting really passionate about different opinions and they dig in. 
and they start teaching it to other people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They, they start, you know, once you dig in and this is where I, I hate the term scholarship, you know, like, Oh, the scholarship. Cause that again, it, it makes the Bible like it's this high lofty thing, but we all do scholarship every day because what we call scholarship is really just people challenging each other's opinions with good evidence. And so uh, what's dangerous is sometimes you can have a person who uh, builds, builds a platform or builds something, you know, say they have a YouTube channel and uh, I notice I'm saying a YouTube channel cause I can't come at podcasts cause <laughs> we're on podcasts. So, uh, <laughs> say, say somebody has a YouTube channel and they start teaching their own views on a scripture because everybody else says they're wrong, but they know they're right. But they start digging in, they start becoming stubborn and they're digging into that, that opinion. And now they're teaching this to other people. And so others that are just trying to gather the word of God, they're wanting to know information. They're now coming across these YouTube videos and they're learning this idea. And it's all because that person isn't willing to have their views challenged by another individual. They're going to be a lone ranger. They're going to be a maverick. That doesn't happen in theology. The Bible is truth. And if the Bible is truth for one person, whatever you decide it, it should be for one person. That's how it is for everybody. Is It's a universal book. And so I can't just say, well, you know, this is this is the theology, this is the truth for me and a few others. And, you know, you can be right, I can be right. That's the postmodern idea is we, we can all have our own truths. We can all have our own opinions, but we're all good friends at the end of the day. Now, as a Christian, we should all be good friends, but we also have one truth that we have to challenge each other for. So that's, that's the base level of, if you hear me say anything about um, any, anything about some, some cons about uh, theology, it's really coming from the perspective of even myself. I want to be surrounded by people that are going to challenge my views. Yeah. I want to be surrounded by um, anybody and everybody. When I read books, I read books from different opinions that I hold. I, I read books uh, and I watch videos and things like that. I want to see what other people are saying. And I can say one of the things I love about Oneness Pentecostals is if you try to peg us on the conservative liberal type spectrum on, you know, what somebody believes about the Bible, we cover the whole thing. Is there some things we believe where people be like, you're a liberal. Some things we believe people are like, oh, you're one of those crazy conservative people. You're one of those, (laughs) you know, we're, we're on both ends and all in between. Yeah. That's because for us, like I said, we're just pursuing you know, truth, we just want to, we, we just want to know, we want to be challenged because we're trying to live the Bible. Uh, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. You gotta, I know I've been talking for a, a hot minute. So. No, no, I was just going to say, you, you made an excellent point. You made me think about, um, you said all across political spectrum and it's a funny line to run through my head. I thought about like historically, I think Ronald Reagan spoke at one of our general conferences years ago, um, when, you know, and then, you know, later, Maybe this was a decade later. You hear the stories about a, a younger Bill Clinton crossing the Arkansas line to go to some um, Pentecostal youth camps because he loved the music. Um, yeah. You know, so all across the board, um, mm-hmm. the influence. Um, but yeah, um, 
just made me think of that, but I don't want to cut you off. You're, you're still going. Okay. So an illustration from that perspective, uh, illustration of why theology matters for the sake of uh, bad theology. Um, because wherever you, wherever you start, it's a trajectory. It's not just a, not just an opinion for the moment, but if the three of us get together, so say the three of us, we're going to go start a church in a city and we go plan a church. We start having Bible studies. We're talking to somebody wherever we start is not, we can't look at it as just a, a strategic plan from a leadership point of view. Uh, things like that is wherever we start is going to have a long-term trajectory and you can have two people that start a seem like they're they're right beside each other but the trajectory is a little bit different and as time goes on the people that they're discipling the opinions start to separate even though they start the same their trajectory is different and it can be slight and it will just change a little bit illustration of this is uh in uh one of the things that i i use as an illustration is when Paul talks in Romans um, ab about the, the olive tree, uh, and he talks about uh, wild olive branch being grafted in. And so uh, with the gospel, you notice he's, he's not saying that the gospel has changed. And so the tree itself, if you think of like the trunk of the tree, the only thing that's being altered are the branches. Right. Is the, the trunk of the tree has been the same from Eden. It's been the same from the beginning of time. God wants to have a covenant with humans. And so what Paul is illustrating is that the Jews, they're the ones that they're part of that olive tree, but they have gotten off track. So their, their theology has gotten them off track to the point that when Jesus was on the scene, they weren't getting it. And so he's trying to point them out and, and say that if you would have understood that Jesus is the fulfillment of the covenant, you wouldn't be, you know, getting upset about Gentiles. You wouldn't be getting upset that Jesus is here. Salvation for the world is here. And the, what happened is, so I gave you some key words there for those that are listening is you have a covenant. And the point of the covenant has always been for a salvation for the world. Yes. But God had a covenant people is the Israelites in the Old Testament. Now, the goal of the Israelites is to be a blessing to the nations, a light to the world. It wasn't that they were supposed to be a closed off group. It wasn't that they were supposed to be isolated and on their own, but through war, uh, through uh different times of being passed along from, you know, one empire to the next, things like that had made them very uh, reserved and closed in. And they started reading scripture differently. And they started reading scripture through a more of a self-preservation lens. Instead of seeing themselves as a light to the world, they started seeing themselves as the only special people of God. And so you notice how that can change everything. You can still be on the same point that we are the people in covenant with God. So you can be the people in covenant with God. But if you think you're the people of God are supposed to reach out, or if you think the people of God are supposed to be self-preserving. Uh, self That's a big difference. Yeah. 
Yeah, so when Jesus comes along, and when Paul starts arguing for the Gentiles to be grafted in on that covenant, to be included in on that covenant, Paul is saying, y'all, this isn't that big of a deal. This is what we've always existed for. He even uses the illustration of Abraham. He says, y'all, let's yep. talk about the OG, Abraham. <laughs> yeah. all, all he did was believe God. Yeah. And he became part of the covenant. And so that's just an illustration of you can be, if, if your motives are wrong, if you're, if you're approaching scripture in just slightly a different way, then you can be setting a trajectory that's, that will take you far off the path. Now that can be, a, that can be a big thing. And you notice I said earlier, like we sometimes make the Bible yeah. big and tall, that kind of thing. So I recognize right now, I may have just set that up myself is, you know, like, be careful. No, it's, it's technical, be careful. But that's where I said, so that's my backdrop is if you do theology right, you're not doing it alone. Yep. It's the responsibility, that pressure of making sure you, you do it right is always from a motive of submission, a heart of submission to God. Is God lead me? God lead the people that I'm with. Help us to challenge each other. We want to work this out. The Bible says rightly dividing the word of truth is we want to work this out together. We're going to be sharpening each other, but it's always from the point of view of that, God, you change some things. You steer me in a new direction. I'm following. I'm good with it. Wherever you take me. If we ever get so stubborn, then our heart, our heart is hard and it can't be formed anymore. But we have to be, we, we always do theology. We work in it every day. That makes sense. I had uh, uh, just two quick questions for you. Um, well, the first, the, 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 the point you made about the um, trajectory, wherever you start, is huge. The hairline difference, right? Because if you don't yeah. make the, the shift, you're either, you're, you're Paul who spends a good chunk of his early life persecuting the church because of how you understand scripture mm-hmm. versus Paul who later becomes the greatest evangelist the church has ever seen because of how yeah. he understood scripture. And if you don't see the difference, he's still a zealous guy for God, but the difference understanding determines the impact for the whole world later. And so I said that it matters a lot. So that's an excellent point that you're you're making there. Um, You know, and the thing that made me wonder, and we might have already asked, but just just if you, if you put it in 20 words, if someone walked up to you and said, Cullen, what is theology in 20 words? How would you say it? Theology in 20 words. Mm -hmm. You don't get to count about, about, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You better count count it. Yeah, 30 words uh, or less, theology, like, what is theology? Theology in 20 words is how you view God and live accordingly. That's huge. That, 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 that is huge. And, and, and from that, you're talking about the uh, cons of bad theology. And I thought about this phrase, uh, functional theology, mm-hmm. um, because how you view God and how you live accordingly. Yeah. And, I, and I can say, um, growing up, you know, there's, um, there was... You know, Example, growing up in Sunday school, um, they were, you know, we all came on the bus and every week their goal was to make sure we understood Acts 38. So that's, you know, a lot of that was just, it was Acts 38 every week. Some teachers did a better job with it, you know, it's pretty much kicking the same meal every week, trying to make a way to make it taste different. Um, and some would just kind of talk more about biblical principles so that we could understand more about God as a whole, which I think was a, a, a really excellent approach. But with that, we were not deeply entrenched in the, in the word of God is my point. We yeah. weren't hearing it at home. We weren't like going to Christian families. Um, we, you know, I, I vividly remember sitting there in class and every Sunday watching the people who walk in that were dressed up with their families and thinking, when I looked through the window frame of the door, it looked like a painting. And when those people walk by, 
down the hallway to the sanctuary, I would think those people are Christians. You know, um, they're here with their families. They look nice. They're all together. We're here. We came on the bus. Our parents are not here. Um, but I, you know, I remember there'd be people in my class, you know, young ladies that would get pregnant. And so they're there. And, you know, over the course of nine months, their belly gets bigger. And then they're gone for like two weeks. They have the kid. They're back by the third week. You know, the kid's in the nursery and the, and the mom's back in Sunday school. And, you know, she's like, you know, maybe 17. And when I got more in a youth group, maybe, you know, I remember, you know, there'd be a friend that or people I knew if they got pregnant mm-hmm. and they weren't married and they would, some of them would leave church, someone would come back for months. And I used to wonder, I, don't, I used to think, I don't understand Obviously, as Christians, we believe it is important to be abstinent until you're married and to get married and build a family um, in, order, you know, in order to best honor God and to build the strongest spiritual life. But I remember thinking, it seemed like in Sunday school, our theological understanding of grace that um, was, 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 was there was stronger. And it wasn't because the people in this, the, the teachers taught it better than the preachers. No, no. But rather, the people in the pew, mm-hmm. there was this functional theology yeah. didn't always match the preached theology and i don't know if any of that makes sense but yeah. from that um i guess what do you say you know when what the pastor preaches and what the pew believes and there's a, a gap sometimes in the culture what we believe even as pentecostals there could be a theological belief yeah. in spite of what the pastor is preaching and teaching yeah. um, and have you ever seen that and kind of what kind of leads to that yeah there's there's always so i'm i'm tracking with you um, and I also, I was blessed growing up in a church. Uh, my mother was the, the Sunday school director uh, at the church I grew up in. And one of the things I appreciate so much, so I mentioned earlier about having uh, all these differences being challenged, your worldview being challenged, different things like that is I, I think one of the best things my mother ever did with the Sunday school program is I have heard a lot of stories like you're talking about, Kevin, but I actually went to Sunday school. My mom is the one that's, you know, in charge of the whole Sunday school thing. Yeah. I didn't get any special privileges at all. She was mean. Hard on me. <laughs> um, I didn't get extra snacks. I didn't, yeah. it was nothing. Uh, but one of the best things she did, not just for me, but for my entire age group, is that uh, we were all integrated. Is there, we all had all Sunday school classes. We didn't go. There was no window thing going yeah. on. Is we're all integrated. Let me just pause you just in, in fairness. Yeah. We used to be when I was younger, we were integrated, but the Sunday school grew quicker than the infrastructure. So they pulled the church kids out for good reason, but it just meant there was a side effect. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, going to church and having those views together when you're a young kid is like you said, functional theology is um, even just being made aware that you're in a church and there are differences of opinions in the church. I think that's one of the, the dangerous things we do sometimes with the Bible and with theology is that we start interpreting, we start thinking that if there's a difference of opinion, it's because someone's sinful, someone's wrong. Yeah. Well, that's not, that's not how it works. Is there are going to be different opinions 
when you get together in a church service. There's even going to be different opinions sometimes uh, between the preacher and the person in the pew. Is there, there's going to be sometimes a, a minister will say something, and depending on your background, depending on where you're from, you know, if a minister is preaching on divorce, if the person has been married, remarried, or divorced, all of those different experiences yes. and everything, you're, you're talking to a whole room full of different opinions and perspectives. And so you have to realize from the get-go that, and this is good for, for kids, so anybody out there that you're, you're raising children, things like that, you need to let them know immediately the church is made up of people, and there are no people that are the same is there is diversity of opinion and you're going to encounter it in the church and that so back around to the point you made kevin is that's where grace comes in big time is you have to have a culture of grace in your church and that's what i love brother norris says there's two types of people in the world there are those that are in covenant and those god is calling into covenant two two types mm -hmm. of people in the world those that are in covenant. I like that. I like that. And those that God is calling into covenant. And that's grace. Is There's differences of opinion, but it does have to be functional. And the way that works is so to explain what I, what I said earlier, that it's my view of God and then how I live accordingly, is that I believe there's one God. And if that one God is the creator and the savior of me, if he's the creator and savior at all, he is the creator and savior of all. Okay. That is, yes. You, you have to then live that out. Is if God, if the God that I serve, if that's my theology, is that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world, then I must act accordingly, which means my idea of grace, my idea of extending love and accepting and living and all of that kind of stuff is I have to, everybody I encounter, they are my mission field, everybody, because my God loves everybody. My God wants everybody. So that means I have to live that out accordingly is if that's my view of God, he's the savior of the world. Then that means me as one of his, I have to be a lover of the entire world. Thank you. I think you speak to that really well. I know a lot of what I ran into was the, I think the preachers really and the pastors preached that incredibly well that I grew up. Um, I, I just think that sometimes the individual and the feeling of shame and the feeling of for, for those who grew up in it versus those who were in the outside of covenant hearing about, hey, he loves me no matter what. And those who grew up in it, maybe there's this other theology in the background that still somehow made its way in their mind, even though it wasn't what was preached, it was still somewhere in there. So yeah. make a good point about making it personal understanding hey he's calling i'm in covenant what does that mean for grace and his love yeah yeah well while you were while you were talking a couple of scriptures um a couple of examples came to my mind and i think of um i think of my wife actually to kind of explain the example um you know and you know you know colin wives help us you know we when we when we uh mess up or we're going the wrong direction or we have an attitude or we, we have an opinion about something. Maybe we're going too strong about it. Maybe we're being a little too pushy or maybe not being as pushy. You know, our wives help us with that. With that. They, they see things we don't see sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, 
And I think of the scripture that talks about in Proverbs, it talks about, you know, the wounds of a, of a friend being faithful, just the faithfulness of having the covenant, faithfulness of having a relationship. And the only way that you can feel that wound from your friend or from your wife or whoever you're, you're close to is you have to be close to them. And same thing with, with God and having, having the right theology. If we're not listening to God and, and following his theology, following his pattern of behavior, his, his pattern of teaching, how can we ever understand truly what that God is supposed to be in our life? You know, and I, I think about those things. And, and when you mentioned challenging, it's so important to be challenged by other people. Um, because if, if, we, if we're not ever challenged, we'll never get to the point where we get those wounds that we need. You know, those times where we get wounded, we need those. When somebody, even if it hurts, it gets uncomfortable sometimes, we need that change of direction or change of course. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says that he, who, he that correcteth, he loveth. Yeah. You know, he, he loves us when he's correcting us, when he's telling us, you know, I want you to go a little different direction. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll, we'll always find out when we are corrected by God, it'll always be for our benefit if we listen. Every time, you're like, oh, wow, that made sense why he did that. That made sense why he kind of knocked me over the head and said, hey, don't do that. And then another thing I think about, you mentioned um, – you know, the hardening of hearts. And what I, what I think about in terms of theology and kind of what we're talking about is I think about the passage in Hebrews, and there's a bunch of them, where it talks about uh, they, were, they were hearts hardened because of their unbelief. And Paul is talking to the people, he's saying, you guys should have so much, you should be much so much further, but you're still stuck with milk. And you're still stuck with milk and, and the honey because you can't handle the strong meat. And if we're not allowing ourselves to be challenged, and if we're not putting our, ourselves in a position that we can be challenged and we can be told, hey, you know what, I have a different view than you and listen to that. We'll never get to the point where we can teach someone because we'll be limited in our understanding because we're so focused on our own heart, our own uh, position, our own validation, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so important to have that where even Kevin, I, I can give examples of when we've been talking when we were in St. Louis or even now where I'll say something and you're like, well, I have a different view. And I'm like, okay, I can see that. And vice versa. Yes. And if we can't be in a relationship with people that we can just adjust our view or submit our view and say, you know what, you have a better plan than me. We're just going to be limited and we'll be limited on how close we'll ever be with anybody. And we'll be limited on how close we can get with God because the closer we get with God, the more we're going to change, the more we need to change, the more that fire burns off all of that carnality, all of that stuff that we deal with. And he says, no, I want you to go this, this direction. And that's just what I think about is just, you know, how precious it is to have the faithfulness of a friend, have the faithfulness of people that love us to say, hey, let's adjust this slightly yeah. and you'll be better off for it. I, I like, so what, one of the things you made me think of there is something I observe with students a lot of times too, when you're talking about living out your beliefs um, and is a lot of times we approach our faith Uh, from a passive standpoint yeah and so it's not just that you discuss things with your friends you actually have to be willing to submit your views yeah you know so like you just gave the conversation with kevin those are good conversations to have but a lot Mm -hmm. of times i find with students is they don't challenge each other because they're passive And so somebody will give an idea, they'll share an idea about their belief. And even though they don't think the same thing, they'll never tell their friend they view something differently. Yeah. And that also limits your ability to grow toward God. Mm -hmm. If I'm not willing to actually say, Hey, you know, uh, 
you know, my best friend that I talk to all the time is DJ. If I'm not willing to say, Oh yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. if, If I'm not willing to say to DJ that I have a different opinion than him, then I'm really hindering yeah. The conversation is yep. hey, it can't just be that I have a different one, but I have to at least submit that. I have to tell him yeah. so that we can keep talking. And that's all part of your faith. Yeah. If you're never going to be uh, bold enough to share what you believe, then you're probably not living it. Yeah. It's, it's going to come out two ways, either in conversation or somebody's going to observe what you're doing and they're going to ask you about it. Yeah, I think uh, even though you guys are saying made me think about the uh, willingness to have someone who can speak into you that you submit your views to like earlier, the example I gave of the person who comes to church on on the bus and they have a child and they they keep coming, keep hearing the word, the person who grew up in it, they feel so ashamed that maybe they leave. And whether you rewind back to the beginning of that story for the yeah. person in church, was there ever a friend in their life to say, hey, I know your, you know your view of scripture or grace, whatever you're doing right now, you're talking to someone who's not in church, do I remain silent? Or do I say, hey, I just don't really think that what you say you believe and what you're living match. And this mm-hmm. may cause you to be mad at me, but I love you more than whether or not you agree with me. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it doesn't be anything as big as that, but that could be an example of an area where um, the ability to say, hey, here's what I'm thinking, but I'm, well, I'm open to hear your perspective because if I'm wrong, what if it sets me in the trajectory that, you know, um, I don't realize, you know, I'm Paul and I don't realize that the Gentiles are part of the story, you know, and I never, and I never get it figured out because not everyone's going to get the, you know, Damascus Road, Jesus opens up the heavens. Yeah. Jesus might look at me and be like, I need you to be bold enough to love them enough to tell them the truth out of love. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I love that you mentioned that. We just did an episode recently about fear. And we talked a lot about the fear versus type of mindset. And it, it goes into right what you're saying. Um, is my fear or is my worry or is my pride more important than someone else's life? Is it more important than them hearing or having the opportunity to hear truth? Even if it may, unfortunately, you know, uh, affect the relationship in a negative way, at least they get the opportunity to hear. Because the Bible does say, you know, faith comes by hearing the word. Hearing the word when it's spoken. If we don't ever speak it, then how can faith increase? How can someone know the word of God without a preacher be sent? You know, and it's, it's so important to have those things. And I love what you said, Colin, too, because you talked about the fact that if, if you're not communicating, if you're not challenging someone, uh, then you're probably not living what you believe. It makes me think of Romans 1.16. It says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. If we're ashamed, if we don't have the boldness to speak about it, then I agree 100%. There are, there's an area in our life, maybe not the whole way, but there's an area in our life where we need to work on it and say, okay, I'm not living this out. I'm not living this belief out, but I need to. So I'm going to find a way to express my praise and worship to God. I'm going to find a way to express my faith to God. And I'm going to find a way to express it to someone else that says, Jesus saved me. He can do the same thing for you. And uh, I'm thankful that you guys both had the time to jump on here and, and chat a little about theology and the word of God and the importance of it. Uh, we really appreciate your time. We do have to kind of wrap it up, but I, I do want to give a last uh, open door here. If you guys do have anything else you'd like to share, anything on your heart, I'd like to give you guys a chance to do that. Well, uh, I would just say I love you both, and I'm so thankful for uh, the chance to talk. Absolutely. And, uh, to have good conversation together, kind of ending on that point again, is you get to have that conversation with different people. And uh, it, there's a community. That's one of the things I love about. Uh, having a a sincere faith in God that I, 
as I said earlier, is I, I approach him in submission. Is every yeah. day I wake up and I say, you know, God, whatever it is today. And living, living life through that lens of, God, whatever happens today, I'm yours. I don't need tomorrow. I'm not promised tomorrow, but today. And I love that there are so many people around the world that share that faith, that work mm-hmm. together. We can have conversations. Uh, we can, you know, it spans, spans the entire globe is that we are part of a community. And that's why, uh, you know, final plug for why the theology matters is uh, we share a faith that is for the world. Yeah. We have a call for the world. We share a faith for the world. And so we need to care about it. We need to care about how we live out that faith, how we talk about that faith. And the only way to do that is if we keep talking, if we keep, you know, getting together, sharing points of view, things like that. So I hope anybody, if you are listening, I hope you feel encouraged. Just go find somebody, talk with, talk about the Bible with them. Find somebody you're comfortable with, start there, and just start talking about what you think about Scripture. Talk about how you can live out the things, the stuff that you see in Scripture. Just start there. Start talking about it. You need to talk about it. Make it a part of your, your life discussion, things like that. Join that community, the people who talk about the Bible. Yeah. I think one thing I have to say, uh, once, yeah, thank you. Thankfully for even letting me be a part of the discussion. I, when Cullen was going to be on it, I was like, I got to be a part of this. Um, we haven't been in a, a discussion in a long time. This is in DJ's dorm room. Yes, you're right. It's been years, man. Oh, I know. I'm thankful for them. They sharpened me in ways I'm sure I still benefit from because anytime you're talking about the word of God with people, it's just, it sharpens you, right? And I think part of what challenges me in this conversation is the reality that we got to always remain reflective and willing to say, am I open to making sure I really, that my heart, mind, and soul matches what I believe in terms of the word of God? And my understanding of God does really match who he is, you know, um, am I willing to grow? If the answer is no, that's fine. That if, if it doesn't match, but am I open to the, to the continual journey to become, um, um, to increase my understanding of who he is and what that means for my life. Um, so I think that's, that's so important. And so I, I love that you talked about that every week in hyphen, we do a, um, we're going through the big ideas right now. We're teaching through it. It's kind of intimidating to teach a book written by a genius, you know, professor, you know, for those listening, big ideas is written by professor Norris, a teacher at UGSD. Um, very, uh, a great book. But um, with that being said, the ability to say, Hey, what does this actually mean for where I live? And not just where does God kind of fit into my life, but really, am I really allowing my life to fit into his big picture and plan? and you know understanding what that looks like and how much he desires that for me so um conversations like that only encourage that only conversations like this only encourage that so uh yeah thank you guys absolutely well we love having both of you on uh if you guys are listening out there feel free to share this with somebody that you think would benefit from it would want to hear more about the word of god as a reminder last plug here breaking theology colin crespin he has a podcast out there on spotify and apple podcasts you'll definitely be blessed by it and we hope you guys have a blessed day thank you so much for joining us today we hope you have a a great day see you guys later Thanks for joining us at Sustaining Life Podcast today. We pray that this time has blessed you. Be sure to check the show notes. It will tell you how to contact us. Whether you want prayer or you want to share something exciting with us or you just want to connect, check it out. We'll love for you to follow us at Sustaining Life Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Join us throughout the week for more Sustaining Life.